morning. It is good to be with all of you guys. Um, we are continuing on in our One Another series. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and just like, give you a secret here about this series. Uh, so, yeah, don't tell anybody. If they're not here today and they're not watching online, don't tell them. So we've structured this series that every week it gets a little bit harder. Uh, every week, we talk about something that takes a little more uncomfortability, a little more, maybe it's not as natural, maybe it's not as easy. Uh, so if you remember, week one, we started with greet one another, and we all loved that one, you know. Like, j just a few moments ago, you were all practicing that. Uh, we, we like to, to talk to people, to high-five, even if you're not, like, into that, you can still, like, manage to be like, hey. Uh, so, so it's one that everybody kind of feels comfortable to participate in. Last week, we talked about accepting one another. And that one, you know, it's kind of another step forward. It's like, I got to move past just greeting you and actually accepting you. Um, <laughs> I got to, like, move past the just, you know, fake smile, let me greet you to, like, oh, okay, no, I actually want to greet you and accept you here in this moment. And so it takes a little bit more. Uh, so this week, we're, we're going we're gonna to move, move the, the chess piece a little bit further down the board. We're, we're going to talk about something that takes a little bit more effort. In fact, this is something that, let, to be real honest, those first two, uh, greeting one another, accepting each other, we could get by with just doing the, not, not, I'm not advocating for this, but I'm just saying we could probably get by with doing those just on a Sunday morning. Like, and, and honestly, some of us fall into that place where we can greet each other on a Sunday morning, we can accept each other, and really then we can move throughout our week and sort of like do the other thing. Uh, but what we're going to talk about this morning kind of takes it a little step further, and I would, I would kind of step out on a limb and say it's really hard to do this just on a Sunday morning. It's really hard to kind of to move into this next phase of one another, and, and really for the rest of this series, we're going to be talking about things that really kind of are going to stretch us and stretch us outside of what can just be accomplished on a Sunday morning, but but really the outflow of what Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is doing in us that happens all week long, 365 days a year. And so today, and it's funny, I, I don't know if they planned this, I wasn't in the, the collaboration, but it's ironic that today is Mother's Day, and the topic we're going to be talking about in this one another series today is how we care for one another. So can all my mamas in the house get a whoop-whoop? Okay. <laughs> um, because moms know how to care, right? Dads, we just say, uh, just cry it out. And there's some Band-Aids in the cabinet somewhere. If, if mom bought them. Uh, but when we kind of talk about moving into this next phase of caring for one another, moving beyond just greeting each other, moving beyond just accepting each other, but moving into this place of going, how do we as the body of Christ care for one another? How do we walk alongside 
How do we come alongside someone that is hurting? How do we come alongside someone that's going through a, a rough moment? And then how do we, we stand together when, when things are well? How do we walk that together and care for each other in the good times and in the bad times? Um, we've all had body aches and body pains, and you probably know where this is going, but <clears throat> we've all had body aches and body pains. And if you ever had the privilege of having little children in the house that played with Legos, <laughs> you have all had the privilege of experiencing body pain right here in the middle of the night, walking through the living room, and there's a hard piece of plastic jabbing into the bottom of your foot. And what I found is that it doesn't just affect this. <laughs> like, you can be in the greatest mood. You, everything can be going perfectly for the day. You step on a Lego. Your commitment to no more foul language is out the window. Your outlook for the day is out the window, and like it just starts to like overwhelm you, the amount of pain that those little pieces of plastic inhibit upon your body. But here's the reality. There's a reason why this happens. There's, there's this psychological, emotional, physical reaction to body pain. Our bodies are, it's incredible to me how how intricately woven our bodies are. Um, a, a few years ago, I started dealing with uh, an, an autoimmune, uh, autoimmune disease called rheumatoid arthritis, and it amazed me. Like, when I really started getting into it and understanding how it worked and, and, and the intricacies of it, it amazed me to how pain in one part of my body was so interconnected to all the other parts of my body even down to my digestive system, even down to my nervous system. And then what I started experiencing is how physical pain would put me in such a grouchy, awful mood. Like I could be on top of the world and feeling so great, and, and, and I would go into a flare-up and like nobody, my kids, they, they just kind of started having code words like, that's in a flare-up, just leave them alone. Um, you know, it, it was like because all the, it, there was this emotional, psychological response to the pain that was happening in what was seemingly one place in my body. And, and I think we've all experienced that whether we deal with chronic pain or whether we deal with, you know, a, a one-time moment, whether you've been in an accident, whatever that looks like, we've all experienced what pain in any portion of our body does to the rest of our body. In fact, what I want you to do, and you're like, great, Alan, you make us do this now every time you speak, so welcome to Crossroads. I want you to just take about two minutes, turn around to the people around you, and I want you to just share a time, a moment in your life where you had body pain, something happened in your body somewhere Let's not get, like, this is not like a TMI uh, situation, okay? So, uh, but why don't you just share something about a time in your life where you had some body pain that affected your entire body in some way? Go for it. Like two minutes.
All right. Now, I know some of you in this room, you were sharing those stories, and somebody shared some of you. Oh, wait, wait, I got one better than that. And then you're like, oh, no, 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 I got one better than that. Uh, but, but we've all experienced those moments. And as you were sharing with each other, maybe more stories uh, of different times, but even on a simplistic nature, you know, I, if you think about how your bodies work and how your body contributes to each other, and this one's really simple, like if you have a crick in your neck or you're, or, or you're like, uh, what do you do? You reach up with your hand and you start to do this and it doesn't really help, but you, you just keep doing it and hoping that it will eventually, eventually help. But e even your body, the reactions of your body to each other and how they all work together is just this, this beautiful thing. And in fact, we're going to be going there in a few moments um, and, and talking about what uh, a guy in the New Testament of the Bible named Paul talked about when he talked about the body, but I want to kind of back up a little bit, because you see, Paul wasn't, like, what, what you have to understand is what Paul was talking about in that moment was something that the people he was talking to were very aware of. Uh, there's this, this word in the Greek language that I'm, that I'm going to butcher, um, but it's called hominoia, and it's, it's actually a, a thought uh, around this of unity and, and coming together and working together. And it was actually a, a type of thought process that uh, the Romans were very well aware of in, in ancient times. The, the Romans took this concept and understood it very intricately. In fact, there's a well-known speech from about five centuries before Jesus came onto the scene uh, where within Rome there was some dissension uh, between the, the armies and the peasants, and, and then you had the rich rulers and everybody that had all the money, and there was all this dissension. And there was a, a Roman guard that gave a speech, and he used that whole concept uh, and referred to the body. And he referred to the body in a way, and this was his illustration. Like, if you're hungry and your stomach needs food, you could be mad at your stomach because your stomach just sits there and, and ingests all this food and doesn't really have to do all this work, and it just sits there and takes in everything. And so if your other parts of your body that get the food to your stomach stop working, so if you stop taking your hand and bringing it to your mouth with the food to put it in. If you stop walking to go get the food, then, then your stomach can get what it deserves, no food. But at the end of the day, if you put no food in the stomach, your arms and your legs will no longer function to make it happen. Now, there's one issue that the Romans had with this whole illustration that they would use throughout their history, because what would ultimately end up happening is he would rally the, the, this dissension among the Romans to come together and build the Roman Empire uh, in, into what we know of it today. But there was one issue with their understanding of this concept. They were a political power, and we all know that political powers use analogies and metaphors to get what they want. And what they wanted was to keep the lower class in submission. And so they would use an illustration of the body to go, look, 
The body can't function if all of you little peasants aren't out there doing the hard work and feeding us with all the power. And, and there was this, this kind of fear that would be, would be put into people to say, we got to make the body work. We got to be in unison. We got to come together around a common cause. We have to work together, but we need the weaker people to do the harder work so that the strong and the powerful can reap the benefits. And so it was an analogy of a body, and they were taking a metaphor about something that God created and twisting it to mean something else. And so this was the context that Paul in the New Testament in the book of Corinthians was speaking to. He was speaking to a people that were very well acquainted with the concept and the metaphor of the body being used to illustrate unity and working together. What I like about what Paul does in the book of Corinthians is he takes a concept that had been very misconstrued by a secular, power-hungry government, and he brings it back to Jesus. He says, let me show you what this whole metaphor is really supposed to be about. Let me explain to you what this whole one another is supposed to be about. You see, just a few cha- just before this, he was, he was talking about the gifts of the body and the, and the Holy Spirit, the gifts that were given to the church. And there was a lot of bickering among the, the Corinthian church about, well, and we talked about this during the Holy Spirit series, well, I speak in tongues, I heal the sick, and, you know, these are the best gifts, look at me. And he, he had this whole, like, all right, guys, <laughs> we don't boast about which one is greater and which one is lesser. This is about using the gifts of the Holy Spirit to benefit the church, to work together in unity, and one thing is not greater than the other because love is what brings us together. And then he goes into this incredible illustration of the body in Corinthians. And and he's speaking against this backdrop of of a power-hungry government that would use the metaphor of a body to get what they wanted. He was speaking against this backdrop of of a people that were a little bit divided because they were trying to kind of position themselves for a place in in the body of Christ. And this is what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The human body has many parts. But the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, That does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to that hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually 
the most necessary. You see, Paul's taking a moment to turn the popular version of this metaphor on its head. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those that we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the most honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. I mean, Paul's like really stressing this. It's kind of like one of those, you've heard it said, you've heard it taught this way, but let me teach you a new way. So God has put the body together so that extra honor and care given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all of the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. You see, Paul was talking about Legos. If one part suffers, the whole suffers. And Paul was not using this analogy to say, if the rich and powerful suffer, everyone suffers. He wasn't using this analogy to say, if you guys aren't doing this so that these people can't get this, everyone suffers. He was saying, we're all united in Jesus Christ. And if we aren't bringing to the table and sharing with each other and caring for one another with what God has given us, we all suffer. And so we coined the phrase for today, caring is sharing and sharing is caring. It's got a little Care Bear ring to it. (laughs) Bring it back. (laughs) Um, But what Paul was getting at here was this radical, and especially for this culture, this radical departure from what it meant to be in unity. You see, these were a people that thought unity meant let's come around a common political agenda and idea and let's come together and support those in power so that we can accomplish this thing. And Paul was turning this this idea radically on its head to say, this isn't about putting any one person in power. This isn't about promoting one group above another. This is not about us doing things together so that someone reaps all the benefit. This is about us coming together, bringing the gifts that each one of us have, the part of the body that each one of us possess, bring it to the table and sharing it together so that we then care for everyone that is a part. And I think about the the times in my life that I've struggled or or that that I've had something going on or or that there's there's been a moment in my life where I needed people to come around me. And I think about the times that people have come around me. And I think about the times that 
that maybe I didn't even want to acknowledge that I needed help. But somehow I was able to acknowledge it, and then there were people that surrounded me. You see, when we choose to operate as the body of Christ, there's this beautiful, incredible thing that happens when we choose to one another, each other, and care for each other that allows the body to grow and to flourish because it's all interconnected. Paul says when one part suffers, another part suffers. But there's this flourishing that happens in the body of Christ when we choose to care for one another. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to take a moment, turn around again with those around you, and I want you to just share quickly of a time that maybe you were going through a, a, rough, a rough patch or maybe you had some, some work that needed to be done and you couldn't accomplish it yourself or, or there was a moment in, in your life where you just didn't have the answer, or didn't, didn't know what to do next and, and someone came around you. I just want you to take a moment and share that, that story quickly with those people around you. Go for it. Thank you, for, thank you for sharing freely with each other. Um, as we talk about this, there's, a, there's, another, there's another thing that Paul said in, in a book called Galatians, chapter 5, verse 13. It says, Beloved ones, God has called us 
to live a life of freedom. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an excuse to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Constantly love each other and be committed to serve one another. So now let's take that verse and put it in context of what he said in Corinthians about the body. Here's what I know. We are selfish human beings. We have selfish motives. We are looking out for our best interest. It's part of a fallen humanity. And when we talk about caring for one another, when we talk about being the body of Christ, when we talk about living out what Paul references in Corinthians when he talks about this metaphor of the body, it is impossible to do it in the natural flesh. We might be able to do it for a day, might be able to do it for a couple days, here or there. We might be able to do it for the people that we really like, maybe able to do it for the people that, that, that they do it back for us. But it is impossible to continually live this out in the natural flesh. And Paul says, look, you've been called to a life of freedom. You have been called to live in this place where you have, you can do whatever you want. Like Jesus Christ has freed you. Jesus Christ has freed you to live in, in abundance. But don't use it as an excuse to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Constantly love each other and be committed to serve one another because only through the power of the Holy Spirit, only through the, the transforming power of Jesus can we actually live that out. We can't do it in the natural. It is impossible to do it in the natural. Why? Because there's this huge struggle. And let's talk about why we don't ask for help. We've got some reasons that we're going to throw up here. We don't want to be a burden. I've got this thing going on, but man, I, I just don't want to ask anybody. Because I, I don't want to be a burden to them. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to weigh them down with the issues I'm going through. I fall prey to this one all of the time. When I live in my natural flesh, I love this one. Because I don't, guys, you probably get this. You, I, I can figure it out. I don't want to burden anybody else with this. I don't want to tell anybody else what's going on. I'll figure it out. Or maybe we just minimize our need. Maybe we don't ask for help because we go, well, <laughs> I know what they're going through. I know what they're going through. I see what, mine's, mine's really insignificant. It's just not really all that bad. And the enemy loves to take this one and run with it, especially when we're sitting within, within the body of Christ and, and we're with other people that love and, and believe in the same Jesus that we do. He really likes to use, take this one and, and run with it and go, yeah, you're right. You're hurting right now, and it's not that big of a deal. Get over it. We haven't been helped in the past. We've all been there when we've reached out for help. We've, we've worked up enough courage and we've voiced the need in our life and nobody was there to help. Nobody reached back. We felt isolated and alone and you go, I'm never asking for help again because I don't, wanna, I don't want to be rejected again. 
We don't ask because we want to be that person. We're like, well, if I ask for help, I'm going to be the person that's always asking for help. And every time I show up on a Sunday, everybody's going to be like, okay, walking this way. They're going to be asking for help. I like, we, we build this up sometimes in our mind that if we are asking for help, that we're going to be that person that just always needs people to help us. And then we become the person that never reaches out for help. We don't want to be shamed. I think this is a big one in the church especially. We don't want to ask for help because if I ask for help, that means I don't have it all together. If I ask for help, my relationship with Jesus Christ might be lesser than the relationship of the person that I'm asking help from. And now they're going to think less of me. Because I, I, don't have this, I don't have this whole Jesus thing figured out and now I'm asking for help or I'm going through a difficult situation and, and I should, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so we, we create this narrative in our head that we choose not to ask for help. And this was something that is still, is still trying to drill through here, but it, it hasn't quite, it, it's there, it's like halfway through the skull. I struggle with this one because here's the reality. When Paul talks about the body of Christ and the, and, and the body of Christ working together, I think it's really easy for us to talk about this passage and say, look, you guys need to be, we, we need to be helping each other. We're, yes, we're talking about that. We, we need to be caring. But how do you care for someone when they don't voice that they need help? And I think it's just as damaging to the body of Christ when we walk around in isolation and never ask for help as it is when we walk around in isolation and never help. It's just as damaging to the body of Christ when we choose to isolate ourselves and deal with all of these struggles internally and go, I'm not going to ask for help because I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be shamed. I don't want to be that person. I, I, I don't all, the whole list, and we choose to walk in isolation and we damage the body of Christ. Because let's go back to the Lego. You step on the Lego, and it doesn't register pain to your brain, and you just keep stepping on it, and then there's something sharp, maybe even worse there, and you cut that sucker open, but it never registers to here, and you bleed out, and you die, because you never reached out and tried to register and go, look, I'm in pain. I am hurting right now. And everybody's just going past you. And the body is bleeding out because you're in pain, but you're not acknowledging it to those that are around you. So we have this struggle that we deal with, and it's a very natural struggle. And this is where only through the power of the Holy Spirit and living in a spiritual place and pressing in and saying, Holy Spirit, all of these lies are there, but I need you to help me to push through those and reach out. Because there's the other end of the struggle. We don't ask for help, and we don't help. Why? Because we feel ill-equipped. Somebody tells us about an issue they're going through, or, or they need help doing something. You're like, that is so overwhelming. Not touching it. <laughs> I am not stepping into that mess because we, we feel ill-equipped. We feel like we can't bring anything to the table. 
We feel like in that situation, we don't have anything to give. Hint, that's where the body of Christ comes in. Because when we bring all of our different gifts to the table and we choose to engage with those around us, somebody brings something to the table that you can't bring and you're not supposed to bring. But when the body of Christ chooses to work together, things happen. We don't have time. That's, that one's key in this society. We just don't have time to help. I've got my list. I've got all of my things. I've got, I've got this at, at 3.30. I've got this at 4. I've got this at 4.30, and then I've got this at 5. I don't have time to stop and help. I don't have time to stop and, and listen to someone on a phone call. I don't have time to go to someone's house and, and help with something because I'm busy. And busyness is real. And busyness is a, is, a, is a killer of the body. We don't have the resources. Kind of lines up with it we don't, that we feel ill-equipped. We don't have the resources. We don't know how to help. We, we don't, I don't have the money to help. I don't have the time to help. I don't have the knowledge to help. Whatever those resources are, we feel like we don't have them to bring to the table. We don't want to be taken advantage of. We don't want to be the person that just helps, 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 and people just start, like, just like you don't want to be the person that's always asking for help, you're like, I don't want to be the person that's always asked for help, because then I get taken advantage of. Because people know if they ask me, I'll say yes, because I say yes to everything, and I just want to be that person. Struggle is real. Why do we not help? Because we live at a distance. really hard to help people that we don't get close to. It's really hard to help and care and share with people that we choose not to engage in life with. Because we don't know what they're going through. We don't want to know what they're going through. (laughs) Or maybe we just don't feel like that person can actually be helped. We look at a situation and we go, I've tried to help, I've done all I can, and they just, they keep spinning, keep circling. And so I just don't help because it feels like we're just going in circles. You see, these are all very real reasons that we struggle with this whole sharing thing. You see, when we read Paul's passage, we go, man, that sounds amazing. Like that whole body thing, us coming together, us sharing and caring and loving like that, that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be. I love it. When the rubber hits the road, the struggle, the struggle is very real. And I don't care who you are in this room, including myself, we all deal with this struggle and we all have areas of this that are harder than others. But I want to challenge us this morning. We've been talking about this one another thing. We've been talking about the body of Christ. And if we, if we could picture what it would look like for the body of Christ to be healthy, to be thriving, to be expanding, to be doing what the body of Christ is called to do, it would be us pushing past the natural realm 
pushing past the place of letting all of those struggles overwhelm us and, and stall us out to the place where we don't ask for help and we choose not to help. It would push us past that place of naturalness into a supernatural realm, into a place with the Holy Spirit, into a place with Jesus where we would see the needs around us, where we would, where we would live in closeness of proximity to people that we would know what they were going through, that we would hear the pain in their voice when they talk, that when we look them in the eyes, we would see the pain, that we would see the struggle, that we could live in proximity of that closeness, that we could choose to respond. And then on the flip side, that we would choose to be vulnerable, to be open, to be transparent, to be honest. When we don't have it all together, and then the body of Christ gets to share and to care together and to create a, a, a beautiful, growing, expanding representation of who Jesus Christ is. All right. I told you that today we were <laughs> taking another step forward, so we're, we're going we're gonna to do something and I know up until this point, you've kind of just turned around in your ch chair a little bit and sort of shared a little bit. These chairs are movable. You might have to unhook them, but they can be unhooked. If you've noticed every Sunday you come in here, like they're a little bit different every Sunday. That's because we move them all over the place and then we can't remember how they're put together. <laughs> so it's okay. But I want you to, to just kind of in different sections, I th th there's... Three rules. Here's the rules. This cannot just be people from your blood family. So, <laughs> like, if you're related, and if everybody in that group is related, it doesn't count. <laughs> Go find some people. <laughs> Number two, um, this is not an advice session. I want to make this a safe place. Maybe you're going to share something today, and you're just like, I just need to share it. You don't need five other pieces of advice this morning. You just need to share what's going on. Um, I said there were three. I don't remember what the third one was. Um, yeah. But we're going to take a few moments. I want you to unhook chairs, kind of circle up. Um, and then I just want you to share with each other if there's something in your life that you are dealing with or going through that you need help with. If there's something that, that you, just, you just need people to come around you, and I get that in a room like today that you're maybe sitting by strangers and there may be people around you like, I, it's okay, there are some things that you just can't share this morning, and, and that's okay. I'm not, I'm not asking you to just, you know, dump everything out on the table today. Uh, part of this whole sharing and caring in the body of Christ is about building trust with each other and, and, and about knowing that people have your back. And, and I get all of that, but this is, just, this is just a baby step this morning. This is just, just a moment for us to be a little bit vulnerable with each other and go, here's something that, that I'm wrestling with. Here's something that I need the body of Christ. I need people to come around me this morning with. Um, some of you may share something in your group that you're like, everybody's in your group, 
going back to the whole thing earlier that you feel ill-equipped or, or you feel like you don't have the resources, everybody in your group just kind of looks at you and goes, wow. Wow. Um, this email address on the bottom of the screen, oneanother at crossroadsgo.org. We've got some people that are going to be monitoring that email address, um, some of our leaders here at Crossroads. And so maybe something is shared today in your group and, and it's just bigger than your group. Will one of you take the responsibility and email this? That, that's a way to share. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's what the emailer can do. You just email and you leave it at them. Oh, oh you're talking about the person that receives the email? <laughs> um, we've got a whole group of people that are monitoring the email. It's not just one person. Um, because we've got some resources in our community that we're tied to. That, that we're able to connect people with. That's part of being the body of Christ is, is looking out beyond just what I bring to the table and what, do, what does the global body of Christ bring to the table. So I hope this isn't too uncomfortable for you. Everybody can go ahead and get the awkward laugh out this morning. Just kind of like feel, feel the awkward right now. And uh, go ahead and unhook those chairs, turn around. If you don't know the person's name... You get to make a friend right now. <laughs> Go for it.
Y'all give it up for the legendary Cody Pines. See, on the hill of Calvary, my Savior bled for me. My Jesus set me free. Look at the wounds that give me life. Grace flowing from his side. No greater sacrifice. What he's done. What he's done. All the glory and the honor to the Son. My sins are forgiven, my future is heaven, I praise God for what he's done. Brad, you can keep all Thanks, guys. Thank you. Eva.
and I didn't ask her, but now we're going to share it with all of you. Um, so I asked Eva, she's, she's had a significant surgery a while back and she's in, been in a long recovery. And I asked her, are you in a lot of pain? Like, are you, are you in a lot of physical pain? And she said, you know what? I don't feel anything. That's the pain. Like her body is not talking to itself. She's not feeling what she's supposed to feel because the body's not communicating today. And this was a little uncomfortable. It's a little hard for the body to communicate and connect in this way. Man, you're in good company. I think we probably all were feeling those tinges, but I was, I just thought of like Eva so desperately wants her body to start talking to itself so she could feel again her knee and her legs. And I think this was a picture of like what our heavenly father wants us to do. He's like, I want the body to talk to itself. I want the body to keep talking to itself. Even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's a different level of pain, she probably would welcome a little bit of pain and discomfort because it means she's feeling again, right? So I just felt like God wants to encourage us that as we enter into singing and worship, like that God wants us to exercise this discomfort and pain of really connecting with the body. And I wanna pray for Eva and, and, and on behalf of Eva, praying for you, even though I don't know what your prayer request is. And then we're gonna lead into song and you can just worship right with the family you're sitting with. So Lord Jesus, touch Eva's body, touch your daughter's body, help it to start communicating with itself again, that she could feel again. And on behalf of the Crossroads family, may we start talking to one another. May we start connecting and sharing with one another so that we could feel and bear one another's burdens and truly, truly care for one another, Lord Jesus. And Eva represents so many here today who are hurting mentally, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically in every way, maybe multiple ways she represents them, Lord. Bring, bring healing to your kids, Lord. Those at home that were feeling so bad, they couldn't even be here in person, and they're online, on their knees, seeking you right now. Meet them where they're at, Lord Jesus. But give them the boldness from home to share with someone what they're going through so we can love and pray for one another. So Eva represents so many of your kids, Lord, all around the world. Touch us touch us and help us to be there and connected with one another, communicating with one another so your Holy Spirit can start to move in all of us, all of us. And we just ask this in Jesus, Jesus' mighty name. Everybody says, amen.
other, talking with each other, um, but thank you for being with us here today at Crossroads. Save me when I was weak. 
So I will sing, this is why I thank the Lord for everything.